Innovation in Adventure Watches. Welcome back to another Textination interview. I'm Fred Fishkin. And with us from Koros is Global Sales and Marketing Director, Dan Shore. Thanks for taking the time, Dan. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Fred. Before we dive into what's brand new and it's big, give us a bit of background about Koros. Yeah, so I like to say, you know, we're we're the we're the baby, we're the startup in in a um, well, it's not that young of a of a um, category anymore, but relative to some other tech products, you know, this wearable GPS sport device category is still relatively young. But as a brand, Koros has been around um, since about 2015. We actually started as a, a Kickstarter with a smart bike helmet, so a lot different from what we're doing now. Um, about a little over three years ago, uh, we came out with our first GPS watch. It was the Pace One, and that was May of 2018. And pretty much from there, we made the decision to um, maybe not quickly, but but pivot towards only the watches and the traditional wearable devices. So the helmets is an area that we've actually kind of divested from, and 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 we're moving away from. And now we're we're entirely focused on on the GPS watch market. And, and really coming at it from the performance side of things. So we know there are smart watches, there are sport watches. We view ourselves as a sport watch with some smart features. Um, so there are things that you will absolutely get from a Coros product that you don't um, from other brands and, and vice versa. And that's okay. You know, we've kind of found our lane and, and we want to really, you know, drive down it. Well, you have a couple of new devices just unveiled Give us the overview. First, I guess the, the, the big one, the Vertex, the Vertex 2. Yes. So uh, the Vertex 2 is a, uh, a long-awaited update to our original Vertex, which uh, debuted a, a little over two years ago. And so the, the Vertex 2, which I have here, is we, we call it an adventure GPS watch. And, and that's because it's really based um, or designed around folks that are doing significant outdoor adventures. That's not to say those are the only folks that can wear this watch, um, but it'll stand up to the test of those individuals. So if that's climbing Mount Everest, if that's skiing first descents, or if that's, you know, taking on the, the Appalachian Trail or, or the PCT, um, you know, this is a watch that's really built for um, the hardcore adventurer, whether that's from a durability standpoint, um, a temperature uh, standpoint, or um, what we've become known for as a brand, our battery life. Um, well, so, let's, let's talk about these things that really make yeah. the, you stand out that, that are different, really, from your competitors. You've built a lot of technology into this watch. We have, yeah. So starting with the first thing that everybody kind of asks, at least Koros, about is the battery life. And, and the reason being is, you know, from, from the get-go, we set out, when we came out with the Pace 1 and and the target audience was originally more towards the triathlon, although that that changed a bit over time. But, you know, back in May of 2018, we said, OK, what is an issue? Well, you've got folks out there um, that are training and, and racing these Ironman triathlons, you know, over over 140 miles of, of total distance. And their watches, even the ones that have multi-sport modes, triathlon based modes, they weren't lasting for the entire triathlon which that's just boggles my mind. That's a failure. 
And so when we looked at a problem to solve, that was the first problem we, we went to attack. And the GPS, so through, the GPS is eating up the battery. Correct. And, and it should be, but there also should be enough battery for the GPS to last the whole time. So yeah, we, when, when I talk battery, I talk in full GPS. So GPS, heart rate, standard sensors, um, you know, being used. And so that was the problem we had to solve. Like any, any startup, any business, you start with a problem and you try to solve it. From there, we, we kind of very quickly found a new audience. And that was and, and continues to be this growing, um, you know, kind of trail and ultra running community. And while that's a, a bit of a niche from, uh, from the broader running community, it is absolutely the fastest growing segment of, of running. Um, are these these trail running, especially during the bulk of the pandemic, these were races that actually were able to continue in most cases because of size and how spread out and, and the environment in which they take place. And so with a trail or an ultra run, um, battery becomes really, really necessary because you're talking about running 50K, 50 miles, 100K, 100 miles. I always tell the story of one of our athletes that we work with, a guy by the name of Tim Tollefson. And he finished uh, third twice at the, uh, the, the Ultra Trail Mont Blanc, which for those that are, are not familiar, we call it the Super Bowl of, of trail running. It is literally a race around Mont Blanc, just about 100 miles. And in one of the years when he finished third, he broke the course record. Now, so did the two people in front of him. That's, that's how it works. But he broke the course record. He ran faster than anybody ever had, and his watch died before the finish line. So if this guy running at the pinnacle event in the sport, if his device doesn't last for him, then what about everybody else? Um, so we quickly found a, a very eager audience within, within trail and, and ultra running that was looking for our battery life. And so the battery life has continued to increase. So on the Vertex One, you know, this is now a little over two years old, we, um, we had 60 hours of battery life in full GPS. Now we've taken it up a notch and on full GPS, we have 140 hours. And you might be thinking to yourself, who needs 140 hours of GPS? And, and that is a, a reasonable question. Um, but that's kind of a, the base level because what we've introduced in the, in the Vertex Two are two uh, additional satellite settings. So the global positioning satellite system is, is owned by the U.S. Department of Defense. It is being able to be used for, you know, general citizen use and recreational use, but, it, but it's owned by the Department of Defense. And there are 31 um, satellites in orbit, 12,000 miles above our head, and they, they navigate the globe. Likewise, there are other um, systems out there. There's the Galileo system from the EU. There's a system in Japan. There's the Beidou system from, uh, from China and, and GLONASS from, from Russia. And so in total, you know, each one has somewhere between 20 and 35 satellites in orbit. So, so there's roughly, you know, 150-ish active satellites that do global positioning. Um, so similar to, to GPS, what we know of. And so typically watches have been able to uh, pair with one, maybe two of these systems simultaneously, even if they have um, you know, the ability to connect to 
all or most of those systems. What we are introducing now, and I believe this to be the first time that this has occurred, at least in a, in a, uh, you know, a GPS type watch, is the ability to connect to all five of those systems at one time. And again, question being, why would I wanna do that? And so again, relatively simple answer is accuracy. GPS, or when I say GPS, I, I mean any of these, these satellite systems. I, I use GPS kind of as the, the Kleenex or the rollerblade, if you will. Um, but you know, GPS, um, they tend to have, at least in, um, in you know, recreational use, about an error rate of plus or minus 10 feet. When you consider that this is coming from a signal 12,000 miles above us, that's pretty good. But when you're considering you know, the various usage cases and you're trying to measure you know, your New York City marathon or you know, a, a trail run or, or just a run around the neighborhood uh, or a bike ride, um, you want to know how far you ran. So that, that 10 foot error can add up over, over time um, and you know, exceed, well, hopefully not exceed around 2%. By having all five satellite systems and having more satellites to pair to, we're now bringing down um, that error rate and then take it a step further. Um, GPS, the, the actual US uh, Department of Defense system of GPS has what we're calling an express lane. Uh, it's the dual frequency. And so this is something that's been available for military, for aviation. Some cell phones have had it recently. Um, but again, I believe this is the first GPS watch to offer this dual frequency connection. So you have three, three options. You have your standard single to GPS, you have your all five systems on, and you have all five systems on plus uh, dual frequency. So your battery life starts at that quote unquote base level of 140 hours of GPS. And what I should say there is that's 140 hours as if you started and, and I'm gonna use the Appalachian Trail cause I can't think of something you know, longer for right now, but you started in Maine and you started heading south and 140 hours later, that's when you would need to, uh, to charge your watch. If you were just wearing it as kind of a smartwatch, not, not that I consider it a smartwatch, you would have 60 days. Um, so two months between charges, which is pretty exceptional. Um, so that's your base level. If you use all systems, you know, all five satellites, you're naturally, you're, you're gonna use more battery life. So that brings the battery life um, to a still incredible 90 hours. And then if you use the dual frequency in addition, the battery is at 50 hours. So um, that 50 hours is still nearly industry leading with essentially technology that has never been available in this category, in this space before. Yeah, it leaves one uh, scratching his or her head here. How in the world do you do that? I mean, yeah, uh, so obviously always, the watch is not very big. You can't fit a huge battery in there. Right. So it's not about battery size. It is about battery efficiency. And so um, that's where our designers and engineers come into play. And they do amazing things that I won't even begin to understand. The way I talk about it is it's like the Coca-Cola recipe. It's locked up in a vault somewhere and like two people know it and I'm not one of them, so. So what about other features uh, besides the, the GPS? Are, are you leaving some things out in order to get that kind of battery life? Not, not really. I mean, there are some things that you 
you do sacrifice if you are looking for a, what I would call a traditional smartwatch, something like an Apple watch or a Samsung watch that is really focused on lifestyle. So while I don't wanna you know, focus on the negatives, the things that you don't have are some of these extra applications. I can't play Candy Crush on my watch, unfortunately. You know, I, I can't um, you know, text on my, on my watch. I can get notifications from anything, you know, almost any app from my phone, including text messages. I can get notified when somebody calls me. Um, I can even ignore their call from, from, my, from my watch. I just can't, you know, put it up, you know, Dick Tracy style and, and answer them. Um, so, you know, those are the things that, that you don't have. We've optimized other things like the backlight um, and, you know, some of the other sensors to be efficient with the battery. And one thing that Coros has become known for over the last three and a half years is we don't obsolete ourselves or we try not to for as long as possible. So when you get a watch from Coros, what you're also getting are all of the advancement advancements, excuse me, that we make over time. So that can be new activity modes, new features, as long as the hardware will support it or has the space or the appropriate sensors, we will continue to update even an older watch. And that includes the original Vertex is still planned to get some updates before the end of this year. Um, so that's something that we do um, really for a couple of reasons. One is sustainability. You know, we don't want to see devices that frankly can't break down in landfill. Uh, we are after all a, an outdoor, you know, focused brand. Um, and, and also we just want to take care of our consumers in a way that, that most brands don't. Um, you know, and, and there are still going to be limitations. Any, any hardware um, is going to have limitations or technology is going to have limitations. But we recognize that our early users are some of our best advocates. And we want to make sure that they don't feel uh, ignored or slighted just because we're on to the next, you know, next product. Um, but, you know, in terms of how do we maintain this battery life? You know, everything centers around that battery life. So when we do develop these new features, it is it makes sure that it is optimized to not um, take on more battery um, outside of kind of the the general expectations. Um, you know, we also have different modes for our backlight because actually, when it comes down to it, the backlight is the single biggest battery consumer, more than even the GPS connection. Um, so when that that watch is, is, you know, lit up. Um, that's when it's actually, uh, taking up over 200% of the traditional battery life, um, from a regular GPS mode. So we have, you know, different modes, whether it's, um, from the turn of the wrist makes your battery, uh, excuse me, your backlight come on for a few seconds at a time, or if you really need it, you have a night mode, which is set to actually, uh, turn off, uh, at sunrise. Um, cause it knows from the last time you synced with the app, when, when sunrise in your location is expected. So even if you're in a system or even in a setting, excuse me, that takes up a, a massive amount of backlight, it still has kind of that safety net to turn off, um, when you suppose, you know, in theory, wouldn't need it anymore. And the, the memory in here, tell, tell me about that, uh, because you can do offline maps with this, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Good, good catch there. So we have 32 gigabytes of, of memory, which is, you know, we, we've actually never had enough memory built in, in terms of storage that we've, we've published that data before. So this is a big update for us. So 32 gigs, that's going to hold your, 
uh, what we're calling our landscape map. So the landscape map is global. Um, it's going to show you streets, trails. It's essentially a 2D map. It's what if you were on, you know, Google Maps, I think is their terrain map or, or something. I think that's the name they use for it. So this is our landscape map. And then we also have a, a, a topo, a topography map that's going to show you, you know, elevation, um, especially, you know, if you're if you're on trails and, and you know, in mountain ranges and whether that's, uh, you know, up in New Hampshire or, or out in the Rockies or or the uh, the Alps, like we talked about before. So um, that feature um, is available globally as well. It's going to come preloaded um, for the uh, continent that you are located in. So if you're in North America, you will get one that is preloaded with, with North American topo maps. But um, free of charge, you can actually download other continents um, from Coros.com, or you will have that ability within the next you know, few days. And so that is actually a big uh, differentiator between ourselves and, and one of our biggest competitors in this space, um, that this is a, you know, an add-on sale that they have for different, different countries and regions. So um, we wanted that to be a big point of difference for ourselves. So you do have offline mapping. Um, you have the ability... Uh, to store at least, I think as of right now, it's, it's capped at 10 on the watch itself, but 10 routes. Um, so if you bring over a GPX file of, you know, any route that you're doing, um, you know, I think a lot of people use the, the idea of a, of a race um, and, and putting that route on, but I actually really like it for when I'm traveling, um, whether that be for vacation or work. And I'm looking up, I, I kind of go on to any of the various websites to set up a route trail or road. And I give myself, Hey, this is the run I'm going to take from the hotel. And, and this way I, I can be a little bit mindless and not have to worry about street names and all of that. And I can just follow the route, um, around and, and get my, you know, daily exercise in. So that's, uh, an option as well. Um, and then also for the first time for our brand, um, we have, uh, music storage or audio storage on, on the watch. And, and so there may be, uh, more things that we build into those audio capabilities, we, we have a, um, a mindset of training. You know, that is, we, we look at our core customer as somebody who is training for something. So yes, we, we have endorsers who are Olympians and we also have folks that are training to run their first 5K. And the common theme there is they're training. They are uh, planning out what they're doing. They're thinking about how they are going to better themselves. So that's, that's kind of what we consider our, our core customer. And so we may be able to use this audio functionality to, um, you know, offer, you know, different, different training um, tips or, or, you know, an eventual podcast, who knows, I'm, I'm kind of speaking really more in a very brainstorm uh, phase, but be able to deliver that, not just have, you know, some music, some tunes on there. Um, you know, we don't offer um, at this time any you know, third party applications. So there isn't a Spotify or an Amazon Music or an Apple Music. That's, that's not something that, that we offer, um, but there is pretty significant storage on there. So you can get, you know, quite a bit of, of audio. Um, and obviously Bluetooth then, so you can pair with the earphones. Correct. Yeah. So you do have a Bluetooth connection to earphones. Bluetooth connection um, to our application on our phone where you would, uh, you know, basically upload all of your data from the watch too, so that you can look at it later, whether that's your steps or calories or, 
you know, the, the track that you just ran or biked or, or swam or, or any of the other activities that we have. Um, I always find it fascinating during the winter skiing. Um, I have a lot of fun with that because, um, you can see how fast you were going. And then at the end of the day, you can see all the tracks you did on the mountain. Like that's, that's a lot of fun too. Um, and it's something we, we don't talk about as much, um, because, you know, our, our biggest user base is, is, is runners. Um, but yeah. And, and so, uh, you also have Bluetooth to, like I said, our, our mobile application, and then there are a variety of, um, you know, third-party sensors that people will use, whether those are um, different cadence or speed sensors on a, on a bike um, or, you know, an indoor trainer for some folks, or um, while we do have heart rate and um, SpO2 readings, so blood oxygen readings on, um, on the back of the watch, you can see that there. Um, some people will choose to use a chest strap for, for their heart rate. Um, because those tend to be a little bit more sensitive or, or accurate than the, the wrist-based optical heart rate. So it'll pair to, to sensors like that as well, even, even from our competitors um, via Bluetooth. Really cool. Now, you mentioned Olymp Olympians a couple minutes ago. You've got a, a partnership with the greatest marathon runner of all time. Just won another gold medal, in, in fact. Tell me about that. And this is with a, a different watch. Yes. So I, I get, I, I propped up that, that, uh, that segue there perfectly. So, um, yeah, Elliot Kipchoge has been a, a partner of Koros and vice versa for, we're coming up on a year and, and Elliot really is, um, not just the greatest marathoner of all time, but really just a, a great human being. He, he, he invests a lot in his home country of Kenya. Um, and you know, he also, um, has built up training groups around him to support other young athletes. Um, Elliot is now 36 or 37 years old, I believe. Um, I know he turns 37 this year. He's been in the sport of running, not just marathon, um, at an incredibly high level since I want to say he was like 16 or 17 years old. Um, he, he won a medal in the 5,000 meters at the world championships in Paris in 2003. And he, I won't say this is when he initially gained fame, but for the broader audience, beyond folks that pay attention to running, he really got the attention of the world when he attempted to become the first human to ever run under two hours in the marathon. And what is fascinating about that is that this was something that was viewed to be impossible. I mean, I know we look at times and they always, you know, come down bit by bit, but well, it is impossible for most of us, but it, it, it absolutely is. I mean, there are so many of us out there that are hoping to break two hours in a half marathon, if not, you know, even shorter distances. And this is, it's an incredible feat. And, and so, you know, it, it was not a, um, a traditional or, you know, legitimate race. They did things like having pacers move in and out. And it was a big, it was a big to do. And, you know, because of his partnership with Nike, who is his primary sponsor, but, you know, CNN covered it and did a lot of stuff on the tech in the shoes and in the race and everything else. Um, ultimately he came up, I think it was like 24 seconds short the first time. And so, and I, and I say the first time because um, back October of 2019, they, they, attempted it again. Uh, the first time was on a, like an, um, a formula one track in, um, in Italy. 
the the second time was in i believe vienna austria and they they created a route and he he broke the um the two hour barrier he ran one hour 59 minutes and, and 40 seconds which is unbelievable i'm not going to say that nobody will ever do it again uh but the likelihood of that happening is is far off especially without the circumstances that were created so he's also has the the act the actual you know ratified world record in the distance and as you mentioned he just won a um a gold medal in tokyo to pair with his gold medal that he won in rio um and so you know just absolutely fascinating human being has a great team behind him and so we've we've put together this partnership and he's been working with us um, for almost the last year and and we're getting a lot of great information from him and his team as far as what's useful um, data um, for for somebody at his level and so obviously the the vast majority of us are or you know 99.99 percent of the population is not at his level um, but we, we like to say that, you know, if, if it's bringing benefit to Elliot, it can bring, certainly bring benefit to, to all of us. Um, and so we wanted to celebrate our partnership with Elliot and, and his, you know, now second gold medal. Um, and, and interestingly enough, his first one where he was wearing a watch of any kind. He, he had trained with other watches before, but he had never actually worn a watch uh, in, his, in his race. And I was, I was a little nervous, not going to lie. Uh, cause every, every athlete has their superstitions and things like that. But, um, he, he wore the pace too in, in, uh, in Tokyo as he did in a, a tune-up race in, um, in the Netherlands in April. And so we've celebrated Elliot in our partnership with the pace to Elliot Kipchoge edition. And I unfortunately don't have one with me because they are that limited. We're, we're making 5,000 of them globally, um, to celebrate him. Um, but it will be a watch that is. Um, it's our Pace 2 watch, which is our, our number one seller and, and won an, a lot of awards the last holiday season and, and into this year. Um, but it's got a color palette that's inspired by his native Kenya. Um, so red and green hits. Um, it also comes with our pod, which is an accessory. Um, trying to see if I, I thought I had one sitting out in my office behind me, excuse me. But um, it's a little pod that clips onto the, the back of your, um, your waistband. And so it can tell you a lot of additional data that the watch itself wouldn't otherwise tell you. Um, my favorite thing there is left-right balance. And the reason being is it's a great way to find out if you are potentially um, favoring one side or another, which can be an indication that um, maybe there's an injury that is or has developed on one side of the body versus the other, or you might eventually develop an injury because you are favoring one side of the body versus the other. Overuse injuries are unfortunately very common in endurance sports. And so, you know, it comes with, with the pod as well, which he uses um, extensively with his team and um, an extra watch band as well. So we have both silicone watch bands. So similar to the material you see here, as well as a nylon watch band, which is, you know, a bit, bit lighter, uh, as well. And you can customize that to get a, a nice snug fit, uh, more so than, you know, the, the couple millimeters of spacing between the holes on a, on a traditional watch band. So tell us about the, the pricing and availability of, of these two watches. Sure. So um, both are available for pre-order now and will be shipping by the end of the week on, on Coros.com. 
Um, we had quite a few people try to get on the website yesterday and it, it caused a few issues on those pages, but uh, they should be back and ready to go um, there today. People still got through. So, you know, we're not, we're not too worried there, but it shows, shows there was a lot of demand, but um, they are available um, shipping this week. The, um, excuse me, the Vertex 2 is available in two colors. Um, we took kind of a volcano theme. So there's the Obsidian, which is a black with a, a gray uh, band. And then there is the Lava, which is a, a, a silver bezel with an orange band. And those are available for $6.99. Um, and then the Elliot Kipchoge edition, like I said, we're only making 5,000 units of, of, of this particular device. Um, that has roughly $300 worth of product included in the bundle. Um, it is going to be sold for $249.99, so $250. Um, and that, again, is available on, on Koros.com. It'll, it'll come in a, in a couple of weeks on uh, our Amazon um, site as well, or our, our Amazon storefront takes a little bit of time for, for those guys to check in product. But uh, so there's, there's a little bit of delay. And for those that happen to be outside of, of the US or North America, we do have distributors um, across the globe, uh, across Europe, Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand, South America. Um, so we are for, for a company that is our age, we're, we're pretty well distributed globally as well. And uh, people can still if, if that sells out, which it will, the 5,000 <laughs> units, uh, people can still opt for the, for the pace two or, or the Absolutely. Versus. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the traditional pace two, um, you know, in, in the, the, the normal colors, we've got white and, and a really dark Navy instead of a black as well as seasonal colors that we come out with. So those will, those will still be available uh, if you miss your chance on the LA Kipchoge watch. Terrific. The website again is coros.com, C-O-R-O-S.com. Dan Short, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers. And that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions, too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC Skywave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.